Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Our guest today is Kevin Petrovich. He is the founder of a hot new entrepreneurial venture called Flight Car, which is kind of a car sharing arrangement that he's come up with. But we're going to let him tell you about it. Welcome to the show today, Kevin. Thanks. It's great to be here. So what is Flight Car? Tell us about it. What's your business model? Flycar is the first peer-to-peer car-sharing company that operates exclusively at the airport. So what that means is if you own a car and you're traveling, you can list your car with us um, and then drop it off at our parking lot uh, right on your way to the airport. We'll take you straight to the airport um, and drop you off right at the terminal. Then uh, somebody else who's coming into the same city can actually come in and rent your own car out while you're away. So that way uh, you get guaranteed free parking while you're gone. Uh, you can also make some money depending on how long your car's rented for, and the person renting gets a really good deal. So it's a win-win for all sides. All right. So I'm I'm in San Francisco and I'm taking off for Chicago. I want to park my car. I don't have to pay those fees because if I enroll, for lack of a better word, in your program or participate in your program, I leave the car with you, and somebody that's coming in through San Francisco to visit the city can actually take my car out uh, instead of a rental car. They would take my car out. Instead of your traditional rental car, they would take my car out. Yep, that's exactly right. All right. Where did you come up with this idea? I think uh, it came from a, a combination of a lot of different ideas, but uh, we saw, uh, me and my partner, Visuals Aparte, uh, we saw that... Um, a lot of uh, peer-to-peer and collaborative consumption services uh, were really taking off. Companies like Airbnb, which allows you to share uh, rooms in your house, um, people were really, really excited about those, and they were growing really fast. So we saw the opportunity here uh, at the airport where it really makes sense because, you know, uh, you have one parking lot at the airport with all the rental cars, and the parking lot right next to it could be the long-term parking lot. So we sort of said, why couldn't we just make these two, two lots one lot? Hmm. Okay, and and that's what was the birth of of a flight car. Now, how do you charge for these? Are they all the same price? If I want to take a BMW out uh, versus a Ford, for example, or is it going to be the same price? Uh, no. So we we break up cars into a few different categories based on how uh, how old the car is and what kind of category it is. You know, a compact versus an SUV or a minivan. Um, and then based on that, we set the price. So we, we look at uh, what the market prices are uh, at any given time and then set a price to make sure that the person renting gets a really good deal, um, but, it, but it's not too cheap either, so you as the owner can make the most money possible. Okay, when you say you watch the market, you mean compared to traditional rental cars, the pricing there? Yeah, that's exactly it. So we, we, look, at, uh, we look at competitor pricing and we also look at the season because, of course, when, when more people are traveling, um, prices do go up you know, because it's just higher demand and, and less supply. Do I have to go through any kind of a process on either end for acceptance into this program? Do, you know, If I'm the one that's leaving the car there, do I have to be approved in some way or meet any specific criteria? And by the same token, if I'm renting the car, do I have to meet any kind of specific criteria? 
There are a few requirements. If you're dropping off your car, uh, the requirements aren't really about you. They're mostly about your car. So the car can't have more than 150,000 miles on it, and it can't be older than model year 2001 right now. So it's a maximum of 13 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the uh, the major features need to be working. Um, so, you know, it's, it's okay if maybe the, the, the seat heater isn't, isn't working right, but definitely all of, the, all of the major features of the car have to be working. But how do you gauge all of that? Do you have a mechanic check it out beforehand? Do they have to have some sort of a car inspection certificate? How do you know that there's not some major thing that's about to malfunction or that is malfunctioning? Yeah, we we do we do check do a do a quick check on the car um, before we rent it out, even after we accept. So obviously we ask that you make sure the car uh, complies with the requirements, uh, but we also do do a quick check once uh, once we get it in uh, before we rent it out to make sure uh, it's all set to go. So okay. it's actually we we actually don't have a lot of issues uh, where cars break down while while people are driving them. It's very rare. Okay, and then on the opposite end, if I were to go rent a car. What do I have to do in order to be accepted? It's a lot like a traditional rental car um, company with with one change. Um, we do ask for your for your driver's license information, and the reason we do that is that we can actually do a driving history check um, via via your state's DMV. So what that means is we will access the last three years of your driving history and basically just make sure you don't have uh, too many violations. So we'll we'll check your history against a, a, a set of criteria that we have. Mm-hmm. So if you have uh, too many too many small violations or, or accidents or something like that, or one major violation, like say DUI or hit and run, uh, we won't be able to accept you to rent. Uh, and that's simply because we just want to make sure people's cars are in the best possible hands. Absolutely. So let me ask you this. In order for my car to be used in your program, do I have to be traveling somewhere? I'm thinking, okay, I need 30 extra bucks this week, and I don't live too far from the airport. I'll go uh, put my car up here. I don't have any real errands to run this week, and I'll make some money by allowing my car to be rent out. Is that acceptable, or do you actually have to be traveling as well? Oh, that's that's definitely okay. And and in the same vein, we also accept people who who aren't necessarily traveling but just live might live nearby mm-hmm. uh, to rent a car as well. And in fact, we have another program. It's called Flight Car Monthly. Uh, which is primarily for people who live in the city um, who don't really use their car very often and just pay to have it parked in a garage. So that program is a guaranteed uh, fixed rate earnings. So depending on the kind of car, it's anywhere between $150 and $300 a month that will pay you uh, for you to just park your car with us for the full month. Um, And then, again, we we take care of renting it out and and all of the details so you don't have to worry about it, and you'll just get the the guaranteed check um, at at the end of the month. Uh, so that's a, that's another program that we have that's really cool. Okay, so not only do I save on the parking fees uh, that I would normally incur just by living in the city, but I'm actually now making some money. And if I need to go get the get the car to run an errand or go someplace, I still have that possibility too, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, you know, you explained how you came up with this idea, but what we haven't talked about is that you you were accepted into was it Princeton? You were accepted into. Uh, yeah, that's right. Okay, and and you actually decided to forego that in order to open this company, to start this company. And your partner is also is is either he's just started college or is he even still in high school? You're both very young entrepreneurs, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. He was in the same situation actually. Uh, he he was going to go to school, but he he uh, for for went that basically to to start play car uh, with me. 
And, and why did you decide that it was more important? There, well, let me just preface that. There are more and more young people who are starting businesses, either right out of high school when, or even in some cases when they're in high school, when they're in college, really don't have any true work experience, but they come up with an idea and they follow it. What was the compelling reason? What was the compelling motivation for you to not put this on hold, but instead put your education on hold? Just curious about as you weighed the decision, what factored into that? I think that there's a lot of different factors, but the most the most uh, overarching, the most important one is the fact that we we saw the opportunity, we saw how the how the space was growing really fast, and we we sort of decided that if we weren't going to to move into the space, um, somebody else would beat us to it, um, and we lose the opportunity. Um, and in fact, you know, since we started. Other other companies have started. I think I think two other companies mm-hmm. um, have started doing something very similar to what we do. Um, so it's a it's a very sort of time sensitive thing, and we and we recognize that, and and we thought the opportunity was just too good to pass up. But on the on the other side, I feel like even even though even though school and college is is, is really really important, um, especially when running something like this, I think the only thing that can can really help you a whole lot um, is is experience. Um, is experience doing all sorts of things and, and, and just running running something like this because that's that's really the most the most valuable thing you can you can have and that's not something that you necessarily get from from going to school. All right, and of course it was a at least at at the present time it sounds like it was a great decision because you're growing. You started in San Francisco, is that correct? Uh, yeah, San Francisco was the first one. And you've you, well exactly it was the first one. Where have you expanded since then? Uh, so we we opened in Boston in uh, late May, and mm-hmm. uh, we opened in LA uh, just now in November. Um, mm-hmm. So we've got three markets now, and we're working on Seattle to open in the spring. All right, and, and this is in what kind of a time frame? What just about a year or so, if that? Uh, yeah. So the the first we we started accepting cars uh, at the very beginning of February of 2013. So All right. So we've just about a been year. Operating for just yeah, just under a year. All right, and and how how are how is business? How are revenues these days? Um, yeah, so so we're we're doing great. Um, really really happy to see um, how how the company is going. Um, this this past uh, Christmas New Year holiday season was definitely the the, the best one we've we've had uh, by a wide margin. Um, you know, far better than even even Thanksgiving of this year. Um, so it's really great to see that people really are warming up to the idea. That they're that they're very interested in trying flight car. They're having great experiences and and they're telling all their friends about it. So uh, so all the locations are are doing really really well, growing really fast, um, and we think that's just going to continue. Right. Well, and the fact that you have competitors says that you're on to something here. If 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 you weren't if there wasn't a market for this, then you wouldn't have suddenly two other companies that are competing against you. And you've also importantly been able to raise capital. With a company like this, uh, the capital is basically the the most important part. I mean, you have to have somebody uh, believing in the idea to 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 sort of to sink some money in, if you will, because uh, running something like this is very expensive and it's it's not easy to to turn a profit, uh, especially early on when you're trying to to grow uh, really quickly. Um, so uh, we we raised our first uh, round of financing uh, in January of. This year, January of 2013, uh, that was before we launched. Uh, so that was about $600,000 mm-hmm. from uh, an assortment of, of different investors. Um, and then uh, once we launched, 
um, we basically went uh, we went back in uh, in April and raised another five and a half million dollars uh, from a bunch of different investors and, and venture capital uh, firms, um, so professional investing groups. So so that was really exciting. We were really really happy that uh, so many people uh, sort of believed in our vision, I guess, um, and were willing to to put a huge amount of money uh, into the venture. Um, and so so that's helped us. Uh, grow really well because again it's it's challenging to to really think about uh, growing really quickly and and scaling uh, when you have to worry about also trying to to be profitable that's just it's very hard and you've had this isn't just friends and family who are investing in this notion you have some pretty notable names Ryan Seacrest I believe is part of this yeah uh, we we do have Ryan Seacrest uh, he has a investment firm and so so they've they've put in a little bit of money uh, we've got uh, some very well known uh, investment firms like uh, general catalyst partners um, and Andreessen Horowitz and we've also got some of the guys who are behind Airbnb that house sharing company that's now worth about three billion dollars uh, some of the some of the first guys in that company uh, actually invested in flight car as well uh, so we're we're really happy uh, with the backing we've also got the Former CEO of Expedia uh, invested, so so a lot of lot of great people. Yes. Now, one of the things that, as I was learning about your company, one of the things that struck me is that isn't this an insurance nightmare? Though, what what if what if somebody comes in and rents a car and just destroys it? It, it I, I don't know a lot about insurance, but it would seem to me that a regular car insurance policy, once it's being used in a business way like this the the coverage would be negated that it would be invalid uh, how do you get around that absolutely so so you're right um most most insurance companies uh would would refuse to to sort of pay out a claim um on your car uh if it, if you if you if it was involved in an accident uh you know while while we had it and while we were renting out to somebody else so that that's basically why uh we have our own insurance and our own coverage to counter that uh, so as an owner, when you drop off your car, um, you automatically get a $1 million uh, liability uh, protection policy, um, basically, which will protect you in case, you know, some, something happens with your car and, uh, and somebody files any claims. Uh, so that, that million-dollar policy is there to, to, to step in. And, of course, you know, in case your car is, like, stolen, broken into, uh, damaged in an accident or anything like that, that that's also all covered as well uh, from our end. So, you know, you don't really have to worry about, about too much at all. Uh, we'll, we'll take care of it all. We're going to take a break. We're visiting here with Kevin Petrovich, the founder of Flight Car. We'll be right back. And when we get back, we're going to be talking with him about young entrepreneurs and what they need to know in order to launch a business like Kevin's and what how it's changed him and where he thinks this is going to go. You're progressing in your career, but at a pace that feels slow. You're ready to make great strides and invest in yourself. With your work and home schedule, how do you accomplish this? The Executive MBA program at Benedictine College, Kansas City's only one-year Executive MBA program, is the answer. The competency gained and character built are outcomes that are of immediate and future value regardless of your future path. Go to benedictine.edu slash EMBA. Welcome back to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media, and we're talking today with Kevin Petrovich, who is the founder of Flight Car. He works at major airports, 
right now you're in San Francisco, Boston, Los Angeles, getting ready to open in Seattle later this year, and other airports are on the horizon. And Kevin's been telling us about the company and how it got started. And Kevin, what I'd like to talk about now is just you got into entrepreneurship. You you launched at such a young age, and some people who have been in business for many, many years still have problems juggling all of the different issues that arise in business, much less someone who is, you know, 18 and 19 years old. So what what have you been able to do to shore up some of maybe the lack of experience that you've had when it comes to hiring, when it comes to some of the other blocking and tackling issues that business owners face? Do you have a group of advisors that you work with? Were you born into a family of entrepreneurs where you had a lot of good role models how, how have you been able to adapt to business ownership? Rajul and I, um, we had worked uh, previously on a, on a different venture, um, a nonprofit actually, uh, where we raised money to build wells in remote Indian villages. So I think that was sort of our first exposure to, to running something even, even close to this. This is definitely, it brings its, its own set of challenges which are entirely different and, and nothing like, like, I've, like we've ever done before. Um, so I, I think you definitely raised some good questions because uh, we didn't have really parents parents that uh, were entrepreneurs. They they didn't really they didn't really have much experience doing doing something like this. So I think that it was a it was sort of a unique combination of factors that allowed us to to move forward to to where we are. I think that first a, a good portion we were. Very, we're very lucky because this is this is the kind of company that when we when we talk to people with more experience in the industry, it just it kind of scares them a little bit. Um, and I think that if if we would have had industry experience, we probably wouldn't have started it either, um, simply because of the amount of uh, things that you can imagine that can just go wrong. Oh, so that, I think, that's I think very the, true. Exactly, that's very yeah. true. Yeah, I think that ex- inexperience. I think. You know, it, it, in, in its in its own little way, it, it does help because you're just you're just your your risk tolerance is just higher, um, and and you're more you're more um, flexible and you're, you know you can, you're more you're more able to adapt to to the changing situation. Um, so I think it, it's it's been a it's been a really long process of just learning learning as we go um, and picking up all sorts of different stuff and, and you know learning how to do this how to do this how to maintain relationships with investors. How to actually, you know, raise the money from them. How to how to sort of train train our staff to deliver a good experience. How to make sure we're delivering a good experience, you know, to all of our customers every time. And and that's still something that we're sort of working on and and even struggling with, I think, um, mm-hmm. because it's, you know that's 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 one of those things where you really need uh, some experience to help you on. But I think as we as we keep going, I think we realize more and more. Uh, how how sort of little we know, which is why it's, it's super super important that um, that we you know we and and all entrepreneurs I think uh, sort of get get the best people and surround themselves with people who really really have have in depth experience and and really know what they're doing mm-hmm. um, in their in their own specific field uh, to help them out. So while we not we, while we may not have any any marketing experience and, and online you know sort of knowledge on, on how to do uh, specific marketing strategies, um, our, our VP of marketing does a, does a really, really good job. He's, 
He's worked for hotel companies before. He's worked for some other peer-to-peer car sharing companies before. Uh, so he's really good. He has a lot of experience, and uh, and that's super, super valuable. And and we just have a bunch of different people like that that really help us and, mm-hmm. and really help uh, help help us in those areas that require expertise and uh, experience. What's a typical day like for you, Kevin? Uh, are you are you immersed in the day to day of your business, or have you found that balance where you're spending a good amount of time on your business, where you're looking towards the future and you're trying to grow it? I think I think there's no typical day really. Uh, it just it's sort of super super wild, and to be honest, it's 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 more like you know going from fire to fire and, and putting them out while simultaneously try to keep the the big picture in mind. Uh, so I do spend a, a quite a bit of time, um, you know, each month uh, at at our actual parking lots, probably like like a week or a week and a half, um, sort of you know watching and trying to and trying to make improvements, fixes to make the customer experience better. And on the other side, we're you know we're in the office and talking to all of our guys. To try to to try to figure out ways where we can improve the customer experience, or or when we get surveys from customers that say, you know, I think you guys could really could really fix this part of the operation, or or fix that, um, you know, we we try to figure out ways that we can do that. And at the same time, I also am sort of in charge of the expansion, so I'm dealing with the the various uh, city governments and planning boards um, and and real estate people uh, to try to put together the the foundation for you know our next site in Seattle and then the the locations that are already in the pipeline after that. Uh, so it's sort of all across the board, uh, everything you can possibly imagine, really. You mentioned customer experience, and obviously. What, you, you can you can keep control over a customer experience to a certain extent in one location. When you have expanded now to these other locations, as you mentioned, you have more in the pipeline, and you can't be there all the time. You have to start trusting others to carry out your vision to ensure quality standards, uh, the, you know, the, the experience that the customer is having. How are you able to do that when you can't be everywhere at the same time? What kind of pl- things have you put in place to ensure that that happens? Yeah, it's it's really really hard, and and like I said, that's that's something that we're still struggling with, you know, constantly, and ma- making sure that, you know, all of our all of our guys, every everyone on the team at at all of the locations, is is delivering uh, exactly the way uh, we want we want them to, even under uh, the most the most challenging situations, like you know, over the holiday season when we had uh, so much uh, a lot of volume that we didn't expect. Um, it was really really hard keeping that the quality uh, the quality up. So I think that it's it's an it's an ongoing process and trying to trying to understand uh, where we're going wrong and trying to figure out solutions that that help us um, that help us make sure that that we don't make the same errors over and over um, is is one part of it. And the, the second part is really just you know observing uh, observing what happens and, and helping customers myself that 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 that's the way we sort of realize uh, what's wrong and what we can do to to make it more more efficient and and more and a, and a better experience for for all of all of our users. Have you found that education has the fact that you need to educate? Have you have you found that to be an issue at, in this first year of your launch? Where you have to uh, introduce the concept, it's it's different, and so has that been played a role in in this getting accepted? What what kind of impact has that had? That this is such a new concept. Uh, yeah, it's 
it's definitely very new. Um, and so I think I think that over it, it will take some time for people to warm up to the concept um, and really uh, get comfortable uh, with with uh, with renting their car out and, and and really using all sorts of different uh, peer-to-peer services like Flightcar. Um, so definitely educating people and figuring out how what people are concerned about um, and 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 figuring out the the right the right way to address it and the right messaging. Uh, that's that's super super important. Uh, so people are are really comfortable. So I mean, one thing that another feature that we have in the pipeline is an is an online thing in your in your profile. So you can actually see the status of your car at any any given time. So you can see, you know, may, it might be waiting on our parking lot um, to to go out on a rental, or it might be on a rental, you know, with with Bob from St. Louis or something, um, you know, or Mary from Nashville. So it's it's, it's you know and and that additional level of of transparency so people can see where their cars are and what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, people have told us that they that they are really interested in, in seeing that. So that's one thing that we're working on uh, really really hard. Uh, so so we can deliver that to people so they're so they're even more comfortable so they're even more open. Uh, bridging it toward you know making making people more comfortable is a is a huge part of you know, the way we try to address that. So you are expanding into other cities. You have a program where you can have your, if you live in the city, you can actually have your car used if you're not using your car a lot so that you don't have to incur parking fees. And now you've got this further level of transparency that you've introduced into the program so that people have a better idea of how their cars are being used and what's going on with them. It gives them a little bit more reassurance uh, that they put it in a stranger's hands, so to speak. What else do you have going on? Where do you see the future going, whether it's with this company or other companies? I mean, do you, do you see serial entrepreneurship in your future, perhaps? Um, well, I think it's I think it's a bit too early to to go in that direction. I mean, right now we're all sort of really really focused on on flight car and making it uh, the best uh, the best thing we we can. Um, so I think it's <laughs> I can't honestly I can't see that far in the future at all. Uh, but I'm I'm really excited you know about flight car and, and I think that there's so much more that we can do uh, to make it into an even better even better experience uh, for, for everybody that uses it and, and to grow it um, to a lot more locations because I think people really are excited um, about something like this because it addresses one of the biggest um, pain points, if you will, about travel, um, something that people people really do hate, uh, paying for parking. So Right. Well, Kevin, we wish you the best of luck in the future. We're going to be watching you. I'm sure that you're going to be getting a lot more media attention as the years go on and as you roll out into more cities later this year. So, Good luck with all of that, and uh, keep in touch. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for listening today. If you would like to learn more about how to grow your business, you can visit our website at ithinkbigger.com. Follow us on our Facebook page, Thinking Bigger Business Media, or follow us on Twitter at ithinkbigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.